Hey everybody, welcome to Oprah Week Day 2. It is Tuesday. I hope you're all having a fantastic day today. Today we are going to talk about Oprah's connections with Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz because we lived as Dr. Phil a couple weeks ago and then in a few weeks we'll do a Dr. Oz week where we will be Dr. Stone because it's also a measurement of weight. You're stuck in an elevator with Dr. Phil and Dave Ramsey. Uh, who do you break the golden rule and fart to get off the elevator? Um, I don't want to get off the elevator. I'd be fascinated to no, like, no, no, ask no, no, these no. guys questions. I meant to get them off the elevator. Okay, fair enough. Different question. Who would you rather be trapped in an elevator with? Uh, Dr. Phil or Dave Ramsey? Yeah. Probably, oh, that's hard, because I kind of want to be trapped in an elevator with both of them. This is the problem. I want to be trapped in an elevator with everyone we cover on this show, because... I'm shocked you didn't say Dr. Phil, because, like, he's, you actually have a connection to him. I might say Dr. Phil. Well, I might... Uh, then I could unload all my all my trauma on him Just and be like... Trauma dump him. I could be like, Dr. Elevator. Phil, when I was 12, I got emotionally attached to you because I saw what OCD was on your show and realized I probably had it and you inspired me to go seek medical treatment. But then later I found out that you were you were hurting all these people for the sake of television and sending kids to the ranch. And then I could just uh, yell at him about how much he let me down. Do a whole I'm not mad, I'm disappointed deal on him. Wow. And then he's just like, I'm still just drinking my coffee. <laughs> yeah, um, probably. <laughs> do, do, it's got to be wild for celebrities to have people just like trauma dump the, on them randomly in the well, middle of the day. Celebrities like, like at that level, I feel like would would probably go around with a staff member or something. Would yeah. probably not just travel from elevator on their own because they know that people would recognize them and trauma dump on them. Well, I mean, what's what, it, blocking a, blocking a trauma dump is a little different than blocking a punch. Like you can still shout. Oh, or over maybe the people are guard. more worried about being punched. <laughs> <laughs> because I was gonna say, like, how, I, I just am thinking to myself, like, how many musicians do you think have had random people come up to them and say, like, I was in the darkest place of my life. I was gonna end it all, and you saved me with your music. And it's like oh, they definitely. just go into detail. Like, I, I like I know it's powerful and it's probably rewarding, but at the same time, it's like holy shit. I just wanted to get pancakes, and now I know in detail how you didn't end it all. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want pancakes anymore. On a smaller scale, I get messages like that on Instagram sometimes, where people tell me, like, how my videos inspired them to seek mental health treatment and things like that, which makes me really glad to know that they're having a positive impact. Yeah, that's also them listening to you. Like, that's that's different than you putting something out and them be saying, like, you saved me. Like, that's you saying something and them saying, hey, I heard you say something and then I did it. Yeah. I also have, like, a ridiculous number of people that have told me they realized they're bi from watching my videos. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> from, from watching you or watching your videos? <laughs> I, it depends on the person. <laughs> I didn't like girls and then I saw Savvy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I did have one comment once that I was like, from a woman who was like, uh, and this is a public comment, so this is not weird to say this, but she left me a public comment where it was like, sometimes I think I'm I'm really just hetero flexible, 
but then I watch a video with you and I know that I'm bi. And I was like, that's, that's sexual, dude. I like that. What, but I like that. I mean, I think it's funny, not just disclaimer. I'm not, I'm not one of those people that thinks it's okay to hit on your fans. Like, no, I just want to give a disclaimer. Don't do that. That's creepy. I just think the comments funny is what I mean. <laughs> um, but okay. So what's the difference between heteroflex and bi? I need this help. I don't fucking know. Um, my guess would be, uh, I don't One's know, dude. Flexible. One does yoga. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Is there even really a difference? I don't know. Someone who's smarter than me in the chat, let me know. My, my guess would be probably someone might say they're heteroflexible if they're, like, not attracted to the same gender as themselves, but, like, would participate in sexual activity with it in specific circumstances. Like, if you were maybe a, a woman who only likes men, but you would have a three-way with another woman where you're not really doing sexual things with that woman, but like, uh, just, she's also there. I don't know. That's a guess. I don't know though. I don't know. I, I think I'm yoga sexual because yoga moms are. I think you're pot sexual because you smoke weed all the time. Not sexually. Yeah, sexually. I, I would rather platonically, actually. I think we <laughs> and I are in a beautiful partnership. Weed and I are an LLC. Yeah, I mean, that, that could be true, too. When you say preference for women, are you talking about when men say this or when women say this? Because, yeah, I've heard a lot of, uh, I've heard a lot of people or have a preference. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I would say that a lot of people who say heteroflexible are actually just in the questioning phase. Um, at least from my experience, my friends used to call me heteroflexible when I was in college. That was funny. Oh shit. I forgot we made pot and pan sexual comments in the past. Yeah. That's, that's why you're pot sexual. Exactly. I guess so. <sighs> Fuck. Now I got to make out with this vape pen instead of just smoke it. I mean, you're already putting it in your mouth. I think that's enough. Don't you put it in your mouth. Shout out to all the Canadians in the chat. <laughs> Um, I don't fucking know. I, I love pop. Does pop love me? <laughs> Sorry. So we're way off the topic of Oprah. We took like 10 different leaps to get to this uh, topic of sexually smoking pot. However, that's just kind of what happens on this show. Cher, uh, we are really tiny YouTubers. <laughs> yeah, we're really tiny YouTubers. <laughs> and we feature ourselves daily. But no, I think that what Cher's saying is a good idea. We could feature some tiny YouTubers. That the, what do you mean by tiny YouTubers? Like Paige the Puppet? She's AKA tiny our in, regular co-host. She's, she's tiny in size, too. She wears a size um, uh, three, months, three months infant clothing size. So she's small. Paige is absolutely an honorary co-host, though, at this point. So, um... Oh, wait. Did you not hear me? Was I frozen? No, you weren't frozen. I just, my brain shut off for a second. Oh, okay. I got, so, so you're just ignoring me. I, I, I no. gave you, I gave you the opportunity to say, oh yeah, you froze. Everyone go along with it. We just don't listen to you anymore. No, I'm sorry. My brain just froze. No, it's all good. All, all I said was Paige is an honorary co-host at this point in time. Oh, she definitely is. Oh wait, dude. I had something from Monique that I wanted to shout out because she said something really good yesterday and now I don't remember what it was. What did she say yesterday? She said something to me in the DMs that I said, I'm going to shout that out tomorrow. So let me find there. All right, here we go. 
Uh, Katie, I see your comment. I appreciate it. Oh, this is what she said to me, which I, I, cause I did that. I put up the wrap up video yesterday, right? Where I wrapped up our last couple of weeks. And during that wrap up video, I was kind of like, semi regretting that we did the red pill debate, but also feeling like it was informative. So I'm like, I was like very torn. And I, um, then I was wondering if I need to make another video on them or something like that. And what Monique said to me in the DMs was remember what you learned from Marie Kondo, keep only what sparks joy. And I was like, you are so right. The red pill as a topic does not spark joy. It sparks anger and sadness. So I'm gonna I'm gonna eliminate it from my life. It doesn't this does not spark joy. It this is going joy. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, I need to take I I think that's like what, what Monique was saying. I came back to that. I'm like, I'm gonna keep coming back to that when I ask myself these questions. Like, do I need to address this topic? Do I need to to make a video on this thing just because I think people might expect it? Like, it's like, does this spark joy? Remember what I learned from Marie Kondo, and I can't forget that. So I was like, that, that's that's good. That's good shit. I love that. So uh, shout out to Monique for giving me the best advice in my DMs last night. Shout out, Monique. I just want to quickly uh, re reply to this comment to you by Katie, just because this is advice that I say constantly to musicians. Become a reaction channel. React to music. Once you hit a certain subscriber count, release an original song. You'll, you won't, don't, don't expect everyone to listen to it, but your subscribers will grow. People will naturally be more inclined to your music. I have seen some really crappy musicians grow pretty decent sized audiences on YouTube by being music reaction channels. So just be a music reaction channel. Take that Katie. All right. So today we're going to talk a little bit about how Oprah launched the careers of Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil. According to how, how Oprah destroyed the world <laughs> today, uh, we're going to take a look at a couple articles, one uh, called Oprah dropped Dr. Oz over medical inaccuracies. So going to look at how Oprah maybe got some integrity. We like that. And then we're going to take a look at another article called it's time for Oprah to renounce Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz over their dangerous coronavirus <clears throat> propaganda. Um, the one about, it's time for her to drop them actually came out after the first one. So it might be that she has still like supported their work or something. Um, so according to Wikipedia in 2009, uh, Dr. Oz started becoming the health expert on Oprah's show. So he like when Oprah needed a health guy to interview about stuff, she would bring Dr. Oz onto the show. And then, um, or I guess he started going on before that. But then in 2009, what she decided to do was with her network, which was, I guess, I don't think it was own network yet. I think it was still Harpo Studios. At that point, she decided, you know, I'll give you your own show because you're always given medical advice and you've got your own kind of thing going on. So her production company made Dr. Oz his own show. So she launched his career. Similar thing with Dr. Phil. I think it was back in like 2000 to 2002 around that time. Dr. Phil would be the regular like TV psychologist guest that would come on the Oprah show. And then after a while, she was like, all right, our production company will produce you your own show as well. Let me say, dude, I remember watching Dr. Phil when he was first on the Oprah show back in the day. Um, I was a raised by TV kid, if you guys couldn't tell. So I was, I would watch, uh, <laughs> I would watch Oprah or yeah, I'd watch Oprah 
and I would watch my the episodes where Dr. Phil came on were my favorite. I loved seeing him give people therapy on the Oprah show, which probably was a sign that I was not a mentally balanced child, which I wasn't. I'm so, not here to kink shame. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> So I, I would watch uh, Dr. Phil and those were always my favorite episodes were the ones where Dr. Phil came on. And then I heard like, it was like 2002 and I heard that Dr. Phil was getting his own show and I was so excited. I was like, yes, Dr. Phil's, I could watch Dr. Phil all the time. And then I did watch Dr. Phil all the time. And then I learned that I might have OCD and then I got emotionally attached to Dr. Phil. And then later I learned what a horrible and unethical guy he is. And now I feel bad for being a fan of him for so long. The end. Yeah, you could have just gone the normal route of looking up why you have these compulsive tendencies, go to Web WebMD, convince yourself you have cancer, and then freak out for a solid two years. Oh yeah, I always used to go to WebMD when I was a kid and I was a very anxious kid. So I'd like be like, oh no, my stomach hurts a little bit, but I didn't need anything weird. What could be going on? And WebMD would be like, well, you might have colon cancer. You'll probably die pretty soon. And then I would start going through a mental thought spiral of like, well, if I die, here's what's going to happen. Here's how I got to notify all the people in my life. <laughs> and I get really scared all the time. <laughs> oh, man. WebMD was a plague on our generation. Dude, the scariest. Getting... Yeah, sorry. I was just to say the serious thing about WebMD for me was was strokes, and that happened because I went to a uh, I went to the doctors once, and there was like, how how to identify the silent killer or some shit like that. And I was just like, wait, my body can kill me with absolutely no symptoms. What? And I just was convinced I was gonna drop dead. When I found out what an aneurysm was, I was terrified. Dude, I'm still terrified. When I learned about aneurysms, I've been so scared ever since that. Every once in a while, I come back to like. There could be an aneurysm in here, and I have no idea. Dude, bodies are terrifying. We're, They're we're, terrifying. We're, we're, we're okay. so fucking fragile and durable all at once. The the um the stroke thing is, I lived in fear of strokes for years. Like, I still sometimes get scared that I'm having a stroke because I looked up the signs to identify, and then every once in a while, just like maybe my arm will go numb for no reason, and I'll be like, "Oh my god, I'm having a stroke," and then I'll like spend an hour smiling in the mirror to make sure that both have my face. <laughs> the same thing in the middle of the night. Hey, you do the same thing, okay? It's not just <laughs> and then I feel like I'm the Joker because I'm just like smiling in the I'm mirror, just, like, over making my sure face. both halves of my face are reacting the same way, so that it's not. Because <laughs> I'm like, if, I'm, if I am having a stroke this time, I really need to get myself I, to the hospital so I don't die. I smile and like a half smile, half smile to make sure like I can do both halves. I do that too. Okay. Okay. I'm glad we can share this anxiety right here. Yeah. We, the we, problem we, is if I ever do have a real stroke, I don't know if I'll be like, is this just my regular anxiety? Or if I'll know, oh, this is different from the other times I checked and it wasn't a stroke. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm more likely to die now. Yeah, it's fuck. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm just terrified of all the ways that I can die with absolutely no warning whatsoever. Oh, it, I, I, yeah, I, I hate it. I hate I, it. Like, I really like planning. Do you think death would be less scary if we planned it? And I don't mean like assisted suicide. I just mean like, you know, you just, you just. Like you can act choose of, when you die. Act of God. It's like an app. And you're just like, okay, I'm going to die on this date in the future. Yeah, I, I think so. Well, like I would love note. to choose when I die in the sense that, like, I'd like to go through my life being like, okay, 
I don't really want to die. I'm just Thanks, gonna keep Oprah. going. I'm gonna keep going. And then like if I once I get to I don't know 200 years old and my whole body's shutting down or something, and I'm like, you know what, living is like it, I assume everyone probably gets to a point if you continue to live for long enough where you're like, I don't feel like living anymore. And then at that point, I would be like, okay, God, you can take me now. And then I would I would be okay with it. But I wouldn't, I would want to get to choose it when I feel it in the moment. Yeah, I kind of hope that I'm just too lazy to die. <laughs> that's, that's sort of my, that's sort of my goal at this point in time. Come with me, my son. Eh, no, I'm good. No, <laughs> I'm good. I want to chill here. You do you. I'll see you later. <laughs> Remember that, there, there's that book, I hope they serve beers in hell. It's like, I hope they grow pot in heaven. <laughs> I hope so too, for your sake. I'm sure. I mean, let's be real. It, it, it's heaven. Like there, there are ways to get high in heaven. Oh, definitely, definitely. I would Even say so. Like this, I was going to say angel dust. I was like, wait, no, that's a completely different conversation <laughs> here on Earth. <laughs> okay, Oprah. Oprah, let's go back to <laughs> let's Oprah, go back guys. to Oprah. Going back to Oprah. Yeah, because people uh, are talking about strokes in the chat. <laughs> okay, yeah. Every everybody, stay safe. Learn the signs of a stroke, but don't uh, learn them so well that you stress every time your arm goes numb on the couch, like I do, and uh, like SMT did with when she pinched a nerve. Yeah. Okay, that's the thing too. Sometimes when we were when we were in high school, Tyler got uh, Bell's palsy, which is where like half of your half face, your, yeah, yeah, half your face is frozen basically. Um, so yeah, this was around the time that the Dark Knight had come out, so everyone was calling him Harvey Dent. But he oh my god, it. kids are the worst! No, he encouraged it, he thought it was funny. Like, it was, a, I think he started the joke. Yeah, kids still are the worst. We, we, we were like in high school at the time, we had a good sense of humor. Um, but yeah, so, so. It was hard for him to play the trumpet at the time because his mouth could only make formations on one side. Why didn't you include that in 90s kids? Include what? Bell's palsy? A, a, a trumpeter with Bell's palsy. <laughs> what? It wasn't really relevant to the plot, but we could put that in one of our books if you want. <laughs> Cancel Bell's palsy. <laughs> Cancel having a stroke. Cancel aneurysms. Uh, I don't know if weed is the devil's lettuce or if that's just like uh, Satan trying to scare us from enlightenment. Well, that's a good. It's a good. Because you don't smoke to get low. That's true. That's a good point you made there. Yeah. I'm smart sometimes. I know you are. That's why That's why I like having you around. So according to this article, which is from 2016, Oprah dropped Dr. Oz over medical inaccuracies. So also, Dr. Oz's name, how do you pronounce that? Mehmet? That's an L, isn't it? Melmet? No, that's an oh, H. Oh, that's an H. Dr. Mehmet. Is that his name? Because that's a cool name. Nah, it's Dr. Oz. That's all it is. <laughs> Oprah once referred to as Dr. Mehmet Oz as America's doctor and reportedly supported him through many controversial points in his career. But as Dr. Oz's career increasingly succumbed to this controversy, Winfrey was also criticized for promoting a man whose medical advice was suspect. Oprah's saying Dr. Oz is sus. She's literally like, he's, he's sus, dude. 
and her network eventually pulled the plug on his radio show, The Daily Dose with Dr. Oz. Oh, I remember when Trump got his report with Dr. Oz. <laughs> Dude, this was the moment where it all sort of clicked for me when I realized presidency means jack shit. And like, like, I don't the- think Trump was pre- Oh, yeah, Trump wasn't president yet when this came out. This uh, This was like two months before he was elected. Who the fuck cares? Presidency means jack shit. If this is where we're getting, because I remember, I remember when he got that, uh, that what was it? He had his physical by the Jerry Garcia looking doctor. Remember, remember that doctor that that did Trump's physical? Uh, no, I don't. I, dude, I tried to click on this article about Trump discussing his health with Doctor Oz, and it was like page not found, which is because <laughs> I thought that would be funny. Oh, dude, that was I remember that because I remember watching that. I didn't watch the episode; but I watched all the clips on YouTube because it was just like, why does this fucking matter? Like he was so insecure about his fake physical. That's so weird. So weird, dude. The H and meh, mit is more. It's breathy. more breathy. It's like meh. Mit. Mech, mit. Mech. It's wait, like, like, like Klingon, like, nuck, nuck. yeah. Um, I, I guess, uh, I'll have to look up how it's print, how it's pronounced. It's a, it's a cool name, though. Is um, Oz really his last name? I just made myself lightheaded trying to pronounce. Mit. I apologize in advance to anyone who has that name. I don't mean to, I don't mean for us to be, be less dramatic and you got name. it. Be less dramatic and you got it. Oh, so it's like Mehmet. This is this is a this is a podcast, okay? We have to turn our emotions up to eleven. Oz this is, is just meh. <laughs> this is currently my happy face. Meh. Meh. Okay. Let's oh, okay. Apparently we got it right that time. Cool. Thank you. Um Meme. So Meme. That sounds like saying mommy. Meme! Oh. <laughs> okay. Dr. Meme! Okay, go. I also pulled up another article about this because it says, let's not forget that Winfrey herself came under fire for supporting someone who had to be investigated by Congress for making inaccurate medical claims. Seems like Oprah is a nice person, but doesn't have the best judgment when it comes to medical professional guests. Yeah, like a, like a Ulysses S. Grant type. I think it could be that, like, when you're when you want to have a like someone who's a recurring guest, it's all, it's more important that they have a good TV presence than that they're as good of a doctor. You want ideally someone who's both a good doctor and has a good TV presence, but I feel like probably most really good doctors aren't spending their time trying to work on their TV presence because they assume they're going to be at their own practice seeing patients and not going on TV. So yeah. I think they probably just focus on the wrong thing. She should have got George Clooney. Because this might have been like when he wasn't doing ER when she first had Oz on, right? Uh, what, like 2005-ish? Yeah, well, it was ER late 90s, or early 2000s. Or I think both. ER was late 90s. So I don't know. Dr. Phil started on Oprah in the early 2000s. So maybe maybe around then. She could have been like, guys, he's, he's not a doctor, but he plays one on TV. George Clooney. Here to give you medical advice, just as accurate as these. Oh, two. dude, Monique! Tomorrow we'll talk about the books that the the um, problems with the books that Oprah has promoted with her book club. We're also going to talk about a million little pieces and that whole thing. Um, so Oprah's book club is kind of a problem too, because the books she picks are always kind of shit. I I love celebrity book clubs because they're so clearly them testing the waters to see what books they should turn into movies. 
basically. Like, I'm part of a celebrity book club, except I'm not a celebrity. So everyone needs to help me become a celebrity first, and then I'll start a celebrity book club, and I'll promote all my own books and get them turned into movies, and then I'll profit. Wow, that is the most manipulative roundabout way I've heard from you. Is that manipulative? I'm pretty... I'd like to be manipulative. You, you have to to mislead someone i'm pretty open about my intentions there um you're right it's not manipulative it's it's manipulative adjacent maybe i don't know i feel like it's a pretty honest intention i don't fucking know i just think it's really funny that you're like i'm gonna do what the celebrities do yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) sounds like a solid plan you got katie on board okay good 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 um okay so so here we go so hillary clinton was last week last week uh, by last week they mean five years ago last week in 2016 (laughs) with pneumonia which caused people to call her health into question her campaign subsequently released more information about her health the blah 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 okay this is expected to change during his interview with dr oz trump was initially expected to release the results of a physical on the show but is now reportedly going to discuss well-being physically or being active and positive thinking. Uh, Awesome. good, Good for you. Good for you, bud. You go, Glenn Coco. According to NBC News, Trump did provide some new information about his health during the taping of the Dr. Oz Show episode. Audience members at the taping reportedly told CNN that Trump said he had lost 15 pounds and had been prescribed statin to lower his cholesterol level. Sharing this information created the illusion that Trump was being transparent. But when Trump reportedly handed him a letter containing new details from a recent physical, Dr. Oz's conclusion that I got to say as a doctor, if he was my patient, they are good for a man of his age, doesn't mean all that much when we think about his lack of repute as a doctor. Oh, bustle. Bustle, <laughs> this is, uh, the, like, this article is, is probably true, but it's also a little biased. It's like, doesn't mean all that much when we think about, like, that's that's editorializing right there. This article was clearly written to say, guys, don't worry, Trump is not in good shape. Right? Like, <laughs> if I had written a, a paragraph, if I had written this while working for the magazine I worked for, my editor would have been like, uh, you need to uneditorialize this section. You inserted too much of your own opinion in this. I also didn't need an article to tell me that Trump's not in good shape. I mean, he's the guy that took the golf cart at, a, what was it, the G7? Yeah. When all when all the other world leaders were walking, he needed a golf cart because he's convinced that his heart only has a certain amount of beats before it's like a battery and it runs out of juice and dies. Like I don't, I really don't need an article to tell me that this guy might not be the person to go to for health advice. To be fair, though, riding a golf cart is fun. So if I had a choice between walking and riding a golf cart, I would always ride a golf cart because I like to, I like to drive them. He wasn't driving. <laughs> oh well, then yeah, then that's just that's just dumb. Besides, walking's always better than a golf cart. I don't know about that. When I was a kid, I used to drive my grandma's golf cart around her like beachside trailer park, and uh, I would go really fast over all the speed bumps, and my grandma would be like, stop driving the golf cart fast over all the speed bumps, and then my brother and I would try to race around town on the golf cart, driving it terribly, and then a few years later, the golf cart died, and uh, now there's no more golf cart. So this is a story all about how my brother and I destroyed expensive <laughs> equipment. We didn't destroy it. It was it was decades old. It died of natural causes. It died of natural causes. Let's WebMD how this golf cart died. Yeah. 
Uh, and we never played golf either. It wasn't like, I don't know. Like, I mean, it was a golf cart. <laughs> I don't know how we ended up in these golf carts. Well, no, it, it like where my grandma lived, like everyone kind of drove their golf carts around town. Most people didn't drive cars until you got out to the main road around the like neighborhood, which was kind oh, of. Was it a gated community? No, it wasn't. No, this it was like, it was trailers, dude. It wasn't. Oh, it got wasn't, it. It wasn't like uh, fancy houses. Yeah. But it was kind of by. It was fancy trailer park. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it was a it kind of fancy trailer park. It was like by, um, it was near like a beach town. So there was, it was near like, uh, like there would be uh, beaches and stuff to go to. So people would just drive their golf carts to those places. I'm just expect, I'm just like um, visualizing like ultra wealthy trailer park. What a fun painting that would be. No, no, I'm just thinking of what a fun painting that would be. Like, can you imagine? All like, cart chose its death. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> can, um, can you just imagine like Rockefeller trailer park? It was just always fun because it was like the one thing that kids were allowed to drive. Like as a kid, I was always like, oh, why can't I drive the car? Oh, I can drive the golf cart. This is way, this is so fun. This is so cool. I'm driving as a child. And now as an adult, I just chose not to have a car so i don't even drive as an adult now that i have the ability to at the time i just wanted the choice i remember when shia labeouf was i remember when i watched disney channel and shia labeouf was in holes and he was interviewed on disney channel and he was talking about how like his favorite day of filming in holes was when he got to drive the uh uh, Mr. Sir's pickup truck and crashed into a <laughs> hole. And he's like, I don't have my license yet. And I'm getting paid to drive this truck. This is awesome. <laughs> Dude, Holes was a great movie. Holes was a great movie. <laughs> that movie exposed the troubled teen industry more than Dr. Phil ever has. Yeah, he contributed to it more than Holes ever did. That's true. Uh, okay. So, sorry guys. Um, yeah, so regarding not having a car, this is what I realized is that I I don't need to spend time doing cardio at the gym because the gym is like a mile and a half walk each way. So because I don't have a car, I just do my cardio is the way to the gym. And when I get there, then I lift weights and then I come back. It's pretty great. Yes. Yeah, Savvy's taking gym selfies if y'all aren't already following. Oh, I'm gonna I'll probably go take more gym selfies today. I'm gonna take so many gym selfies. I'm gonna be that douche at the gym taking selfies. Oh, you go daily? Daily, no. Um, but I went yesterday and probably will go again today because it's when I have time in my schedule. Not I don't know. It might not be a good idea to go today because I don't know if I'm gonna if my body's too tired to lift again but we'll, well see just, it just depends on what sort of lifting you're doing i mean i know people i don't know i i do full bodies so i only go three days a week but i mean if you're doing splits you can go daily or if you're doing a what's the other routine uh push pull legs push pull legs yeah i probably should stick to a routine i just kind of go to the gym and do whatever i feel like doing and then leave i'm probably gonna hurt myself um, you're not gonna hurt, it's, you're not gonna hurt yourself but you, you'll probably get better results if you follow a routine that's probably true. I'm also looking into signing up for boxing classes. I want to learn to That'll box be fun. because I'm a dramatic YouTuber now, and so I need to learn to box because yeah, that's the next step. Yeah, you, you've uh, you swimming in the same circles as Gabby Hanna now, so so there's oh, a good God. chance that you're going to end up boxing her. <laughs> I'm going to say her name in the mirror three times today. Uh, I don't want to box her. I only want to box someone I've previously had beef with. I'll box one of the Red Bull guys. 
You don't want to do that. It's such a lose-lose for everyone involved. Oh, by the way, does anyone in the chat know, because I was trying to Google this last night, does anyone in the chat know the ways that women can increase their testosterone? When I looked this up, it was specifically talking about low, like women who have low levels of testosterone, even for women. I have a high level of testosterone for women, but I want more. So how can I increase that? Because all the supplements I looked at only work for men because they relate to the way it's like produced in the testicles, which is not yep. how it is for women, honestly. Like, clearly. Um, so you can get testicles. I can't get testicles. I don't think that's going to happen. But I want to increase my testosterone levels because every time I look at the negative effects <clears> of increasing <throat> your testosterone levels, none of them are negative. It's like you will have smaller breasts, deeper voice, more body hair, reduced fertility. And I'm like, yeah, those are the things I've been seeking. I want those things. Where's the negative effects? So if anyone has any ideas of, if you know any, like, uh, I know I'm, I'm always skeptical of supplements, but I just really want to increase my testosterone also because I want to get really ripped. I don't want to be, I don't want to be like, like even like a lot of, like I have a couple uh, fitness influencer goals that I've been looking at, but there's some people that people send me, it's like, oh, look at this woman lifting 400 pounds. And I'm like, yeah, but why are, why is she still so small if she can do that? Like, if I've worked hard to get to that level, I don't want to be small anymore. What the fuck? Oh, I should stay away from dairy products. Oh, interesting. Don't eat soy. Well, I don't eat soy and don't eat dairy. Oh, geez. Um, yeah, cat's right. I should talk to a doctor. Um, but yeah. yeah, look at all these people in here giving savvy medical advice and nutrition advice. Oh, uh, there are side effects to those side effects. That could be true. That could be true. Yeah. And Kitty coming in with the... Uh... Oh, dude, I love being hairy. That's the thing. I think it's a sensory thing. I can't stand smooth, hairless surfaces. I want hair all over my body. When I grow facial hair sometimes, it's really nice. I'm just like, mm, let me touch my facial hair. I don't really think about my hair that much. It just sort of exists. <laughs> I just make sure it's clean. <laughs> That's why I have to shave my face. I got to the point where I was eating food and some food fell in my beard. I was like, okay, it's officially too long. It's got to go. Yeah. I have to shave my face sometimes. Again, because I guess I, I think I have high testosterone just based on my, all the attributes I've, I've dealt with. So maybe that'll help me build muscle too. I don't know. Maybe you could, you could, um, I know you could practice your makeup on your arms to try and give yourself like definition with makeup. Oh yeah, like contouring, but your <laughs> arms exactly contour your biceps. Oh dude, that's uh, that's cheating if I've ever seen it. As opposed to steroids. <laughs> yeah, that's cheating too. Obviously, <laughs> Amanda, this is the one area where we we're completely different, other than the fact that you have a car and I don't. I cannot stand any part of my body being hairless. It just grosses me out. I'm like, mm, I wish I could grow hair on my feet, but I can't. I don't have hairy feet. I have a little hair on my feet, but not much. I, no, I don't really have any hair on my feet, do I? Oh, well. I sometimes think it'd be fun to have a beard. I think I'd look cool as like a bearded hipster. But Tyler thinks I look better without a beard, so. Well, yeah. I'll just take his word for it. I'm not surprised to hear that. Um, I don't know. I. It sounds like you just want to be able to like change your appearance radically on a regular basis. Yes. Yes. Correct. Yes. yes. 
That could be the body dysmorphia. I don't, I don't know. know because it sounds like it's it's not it's not that you hate a body; it's that you just love all bodies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's the thing, guys. <laughs> let me know anyone in the chat. Let me know if you've also had this experience. For people out there who have bad body dysmorphia and are also like bisexual in the way that you're attracted to almost everyone, do you have this thing regularly where you're like, I? I don't know if I'm attracted to you or want to be you with like, like with people every single day. You're like, am I attracted to you or do I want to be you? And then you always realize it's both. You're always both attracted to and want to look like everyone. Cause I have, I've heard a lot of times where people are like, Oh my God, am I attracted to you or do I want to be you? And I'm like, for me, it's always both. Like even back when we were in high school, I was always jealous of Tyler's appearance. I always wanted his, I wanted to, look like him you know and i still do i'm still jealous of his appearance i wish i could grow a thick beard like that i wish i could have but i also don't want a thick beard forever because sometimes i see a beautiful woman and i'm like i'm attracted to you and want to be you i don't know i don't know what it is okay all right all right it's not just me it's not just me oh see okay but amanda's only with women yeah because i see uh, a man that i'm attracted to and i also generally with men that I'm attracted to, if I could choose have sex with you or look like you, I would usually choose to look like them if that's the choice. Although I don't know, it depends on the person. Yeah, oh yes, Kaylee, that's how I felt my gym selfie. Oh my God, I'm honored. I'm honored. Yes, yes, that is goals right there for someone to see my gym selfie and be like, I want, I want to be here. <laughs> Cher, I am the same way. When I was like, I was very conventionally attractive in my late teens and early 20s. And man, uh, I, I didn't like the way I looked at all. I felt so self-conscious. And now I look completely different and I like myself a lot better. Yeah, dude, I get jealous of men's flat chests all the time. All the time. We'll see how flat I can get my chest. I, I hope it gets, I hope it gets really flat. Um... Okay, so what what did Oprah do? So when it comes to, so it's about Trump going on a talk show to release details about a physical examination, um, which incidentally was conducted by the same doctor that, who said Trump would be the healthiest president in, in history. All right. Um, wait. Dr. Oz made questionable claims about everything from apple juice and homosexuality. Oh, sorry. I originally read that as that it was that apple juice and homosexuality were related. In that case, I thought that Dr. Oz was saying that like drinking apple juice would turn the frogs gay. But no, that's not what he was saying. Okay. I wish RK would come back. I have to pee really bad, but he's like all the way gone. Where is he? I got to pee so bad. Jeez, RK. Um, so Oz told people in 2015 that... Winfrey supported him through all the controversy, but Congress's 2014 investigation of his claims about weight loss certainly did not make things easier. Her network still removed his radio show. All right. So Oprah was like, Oprah was like, uh, Dr. Oz, you are giving us too much trouble. We are ending your radio show. So thank you. Thank you, Oprah, for doing that. However, we've also got this article from 2015 over here. That's called Dr. Oz and how Oprah's weakness for crackpot theories tarnishes her legacy. So it says, um, 
let's see. Do, 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 do. There's a, a catchy opening paragraph, but it doesn't have any substance. Um, uh, Winfrey's own weakness for theories that veer towards the decidedly crackpot. It says here her legacy has been undeniably tarnished. On the one hand, she endorsed plenty of credible things in her heyday from Obama to Steinbeck's East of Eden, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, I'm not, I, I'm not saying that either of these things are good or bad. I'm just saying this article is kind of biased because although I think this is an opinion, this is an op-ed, so we're fine. Okay. Um, uh, we have Winfrey to blame for the rise of former actor Johnny McCarthy, who opined her theory, or Jenny McCarthy, sorry, who opined her theory that vaccinations cause autism in, in children on the Oprah Winfrey show in 2007. Oh, dude, I remember that. That was wild. Uh, she has been a, oh, geez. Okay, so McCarthy has since been repeatedly cited as a factor for the return of diseases such as whooping cough. Okay, so she was out here giving all her anti-vax nonsense, and now more people are getting whooping cough. That is wild. That is wild. The past week has served as yet another reminder of Winfrey's somewhat dismaying talent at promoting the decidedly unworthy Dr. Mehmet Oz, a Turkish-American heart surgeon. Okay, sorry, guys. I have to pee really bad. I'm going to go back. I'm, uh, hold on. Let me put on some royalty-free stock music as a little break. I'll put a little We Will Be Right Back on here. We will be right back. do 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 Be right back. I appreciate y'all's patience because I don't know where RK's at. Do, 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 do. Um, continue to have fun in the chat. I will be right back.
All right, I'm back. I didn't realize RK's still not back. All right, thank you guys all for your patience on that. I really had to pee, and now I feel like a new human. I feel like my, my body can move in this world again. Um, so, oh, we're talking about recipes. I like that. I'm going to go back to the Dr. Oz thing in a second, but it looks like everyone's cooking. Um, that sounds exciting. Uh, do, 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 do. All right. The professor put in, in the, in the subreddit posted a recipe. That's exciting. I love this. I need to log back into Reddit cause I've got things I need to post in there. Um, all right. So let's go back to what happened with Oprah and Dr. Oz. And then we will talk a little bit about Dr. Phil as well. Let's zoom in a little bit. Okay. So it says this past week has, ser has served up yet another reminder of Winfrey's somewhat dismaying talent at promoting the decidedly unworthy. So Dr. Oz, a Turkish American heart surgeon first appeared on the Oprah Winfrey show in 2004 and quickly became along with Phil McGraw. That's Dr. Phil, um, Rachel Ray and Susie Orman, part of Winfrey's team of experts who regularly appeared on the show with his good looks and requisite regular guy patter, Oz was a natural addition to Winfrey's stable and along with the others, became a celebrity in his own right. His TV show attracts millions of viewers to say nothing of his magazine and website. And when Oz endorsed a nasal irrigation system on his show, sales allegedly rose 12,000%. Wow. So guys, here's a fun fact. I used to watch Dr. Oz too. I didn't, I wasn't as into him as Dr. Phil because Dr. Phil's show was more entertaining. But I used to watch Dr. Oz a lot because I was really uh, I was really obsessed with losing weight when I was younger, which is I'm not at all anymore, as you guys can tell. But um, back when I was younger, I really liked I loved losing weight, which is not a fun thing to like. Uh, so I would look at Dr. Oz for weight loss advice all the time, which as a 17 year old, already pretty skinny person, I did not need. But. That's this Dr. Oz for you. Um, all right. Oz, quote, dispenses with facts he doesn't find convenient and manifests an egregious lack of integrity by promoting quack treatments and cures in the interest of personal financial gain. He is an old West traveling salesman and more like a Kardashian than a cardiothoracic, cardiothoracic surgeon. I hope I pronounced that right. Sorry, guys. Uh, looks like these are quotes from other articles. Uh, these are the words of some of his critics, which include many of his colleagues who argue that Oz's endorsement under a medical banner of certain remedies, ranging from the pseudoscientific to the downright kooky, like unproven weight loss supplements, is immoral. I would agree with that. Um, so last year, a wholly unrepentant Oz was summoned to a Senate hearing to discuss his endorsement of the aforementioned magical weight loss beans. Although he did admit that there isn't literally a miracle pill, despite his frequent claims to the contrary, he insisted that he gives his audience hope. The redoubtable Senator Claire McCaskill said, the science is almost monolithic against you in terms of the efficacy of these three products you call miracles. If it's something that gives people false hope, I just don't understand why you have to go there. So... I want to see how people responded to Oprah in terms of this um, because Dr. Oz is definitely like, we'll do a whole week on him, but he's definitely not uh, a super ethical dude. As I think we all know. Um, but it says, well, we Winfrey fans know all too well that she's the one who let this genie out of the bottle. 
Oz has flown high on his own, but still has the stamp of Winfrey all over him with self-belief, self-marketing, and yes, the endorsement of kookiness simply to cheer up his audience. Um, oh, this is, uh, this is just them asking for a donation here. Okay. So yeah, so a lot of people are like, okay, well, Oprah has launched the careers of some people, a bunch of people, mainly Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz, although I'm not sure if there are other people as well. And yeah, Oprah went on a lot of questionable diets in her own journey. I'm sure RK and I are going to go on a lot of questionable diets on this show because we're trying things out, but it's also like I wouldn't endorse them or support them or anything like that. Um, and now I want to take a look at the most recent argument, the re most recent article about this, which has to do with what's happened since COVID because, um, Basically, it seems like Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz have not been treating COVID in the, well, not, not recently. This is about, from about a year ago, but basically that Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil have not been, had not been uh, taking COVID very seriously, which is, you know, a huge problem to do that. Oh, pulling out the wagon of fat. Oh my God. I do remember that. Um, let's see. Oh, my computer's freezing while I'm trying to share the screen. There we go. There we go. All right, here it's time for Oprah to renounce Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz over their dangerous coronavirus propaganda. Now, this article, is it very credible? It looks a little tabloidy, sensationalized, so perhaps not, but let's take a look at what happened. Um, did do, do, do. So this is from 2020. Zoom in. There we go. Here's a simple concept I try to teach my kids. If you make a mess, you should be responsible for cleaning it up. Um, all right. This article is super. I'm hoping this is an op-ed. This is super biased, but that's okay. Um, so Oprah's role in creating the dual fame of Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil um, is not a new topic for me. Neither of them would be household names if it were not for her, and it's a problem of increasing seriousness that they are. While only Oz is actually a medical doctor, the doctor in their professional monikers offers an aura of authority, and it is as authorities that they have been appearing on television to discuss how the COVID-19 pandemic is being handled and how patients are being treated. Unfortunately, there is a widening gap between the perception of their authority and their genuine credibility. In the setting of a public health crisis that can get better or worse depending on how closely people adhere to recommendations for keeping it under control, undermining those recommendations poses a threat to everyone's safety. Completely agree with that. And, you know, this came out in mid-2020, so this was kind of right in the middle of when COVID was really ramping up in the U.S. and really starting to get worse and people were, like, all the shutdowns of everything were starting to happen. Oh, hey, you're back. First call down, five more to go. Oh, wait, I, I still have the Be Right Back banner up. I don't need that. Sorry, I had a Be Right Back banner up because while you were gone, I had to pee really, really bad. And so I left to pee. And so we were silent for a minute. And I feel really bad about that. But I appreciate everyone in the chat that kept it going, talking about your recipes. Um, yeah, um, as Kat says, and making people more afraid of having fat, legitimately promoting self and outward fat phobia. Dude, I... I I bought into the fat phobia for a while. I should talk sometime about my past in the pro eating disorder world. I was like, back in the day, I was really into the, the anti 
fat world, not in the sense that I was like mean to people, but in the sense that like for myself, every time I gained any bit of fat, I started hating myself more. And then I would go to forums where people would encourage that and be like, yeah, you shouldn't be gaining weight and things like that. And I would get my ideas. uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Like validated by, by people who were uh were not good or people who would have these forums where they'd be like i mean i'm 58 and i'm 120 pounds and even i'm getting a little bit fat and i would be like oh god i'm shorter than that and way more than that so i must be getting fat too in reality i was pretty skinny or people being like i don't see how people can eat so much i only eat 600 calories a day and i'm so full i don't understand how people can eat like i fell into that world and it was awful it was awful, guys. And I thought it was totally fine at the time. Felt like a cult. Yeah, shouldn't um, we all have the, uh, since we live in a culture of plenty, shouldn't we all be focusing on jacking up our metabolism and not breaking it down so that we can eat more? Yeah, exactly. Um, Cher says, I bought into it as well i read two books to help way back when fat is a feminist issue and fed up and hungry i'll check that out that's a good idea yeah at this point i'm trying to to i i stopped trying to lose weight i'm trying to gain weight because i want to gain muscle mass and if i i assume it'll eventually even out or something i don't know it's all gonna go to your biceps just just gonna be biceps and boobs that's okay i'll uh channel grant cardone I'll just be a big, big bicep monster. Me and Grant Cardone will have that in common. I can see it. You're also the same height. Yeah, Grant Cardone. Well, is he, he's a little taller than me, I think. I don't know. How tall is Grant Cardone? I, I thought he's pretty short. I thought he's like 5'5". Five, five. Oh. Well, then, yeah. Maybe okay. he's 5'7". I don't know. But I know Grant he's short. Grant Cardone and I are about in the similar height range. I can get huge biceps. Um, we can both 10x everything. I'm here for it, Grant Cardone. Um, he's always 10xing his bicep gains. Good for Dude, him. His biceps are big. They are big. He's got big mine, arms. I don't think mine will ever be that big, but I want to get to a point where like I can wear a, a shirt in a size medium and have my arms get really tight in it. Like I want to get to that point. I don't think it was going to be easy though. Yeah, you want uh, you want Gila to notice you. <laughs> I don't know if that's her thing. You you want her to notice you. I, I you, you want to have the opposite body of, of Ethan. I just want every, like that's my problem is I, again I thrive on attention. I want everyone to notice me. Being noticed is the greatest reward. I probably should work that out in therapy. Nah, just let it run wild for a few years and see what just happens. Let it keep going. Let it keep going. Nah, yeah, yeah. Your your attention's a Charizard. It's not meant to be captured in a Pokeball like therapy. <laughs> it's meant to burn shit down. All right, so let's see what Dr. Oz did that was so egregious. Um, So both have prioritized their fame over professional ethics for some time. Dr. Oz is a particular source of ire for me as a fellow physician because I have to believe that somewhere inside of him he must know the pseudoscience he's all too frequently promotes is wrong. The stakes are now much higher and the potential for harm is much greater. If people press for treatments that may do more harm than good or behave in ways that will expose them to illness, they may contract and spread. Lives may be lost that could otherwise have been saved. Yep. So this is, let's see what they did with COVID. So one of the many controversies surrounding the potential treatments for COVID is the use of 
hydroxychloroquine. How did how does that pronounce hydroxychloroquine? Hydroxychloroquine. Yeah. Hydroxychloroquine. Um, whether or not it has a role in managing the illness is an area of ongoing study. What is a not controversial, however, is that it has serious potential side effects and increased demand for the drug may mean shortages for patients who need it for well-established treatment of other diseases. Any possible benefit has to be weighed against these harms, blah, blah, blah. So yesterday, Dr. Oz was all too happy to appear on Fox and Friends to overstate the power of the study that got the hydroxy... Hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine conversation started in the first place. An academic physician like himself surely understands the limitations that come with small observational studies like that one, yet he went on television to downplay them. To make matters worse, he appeared yet again on Fox and suggested that the mere 2 to 3% increase in COVID-19 mortality that would come from reopening schools nationwide might be a worthwhile trade-off. Oh, shit, I remember when he I said that. I remember this. I remember this, when he was like, yeah, we got to open up the schools. Like, yeah, uh, 2 to 3% of kids might 330 die. million. People uh, in the US. Like it's or, a, was it 2-3% of children? Oh yeah, it's 2-3% of school children. Yeah, because the whole idea was that he was about opening school, so it might increase that. Um, and he was like, yeah, I mean, it might be a worthwhile trade-off, though. People were like, you realize you're talking about children dying, right? That those are each, even if it's 2-3%, to this isn't numbers. Those individual people are all individual children who have parents who don't want them to die. Yeah, so, people became way too comfortable with like letting large portions of the population die over this past. Yeah, people will, a lot of people looked at it in percentages and will be like, well, only like 2% of people are dying. And it's like, yeah, but dude, th for the people that are dying, that doesn't make them feel any better. For the families of the people who died, like they don't care that most people didn't die. Th that person died. So it's, it's not about like the numbers. And while yes- But the numbers are still fucking huge. I mean- yeah, we, we kind of have a large population. Two percent of our population is, is not it's not a small number. Yeah. And while I think it is important to look at the numbers for the sake of like observing trends and figuring out solutions to look for Dr. Oz to look at it and say, well, two, it might increase death by two to three percent if we reopen schools. But like, that's a risk we should take. It's like, uh, no, the parents whose kids might end up in that two to three percent, I don't think would agree with you on that, Dr. Oz. I remember Larry King was talking to Dave Rubin and Dave Rubin was talking about reopening the economy. And, and like he said something like it's worth the death or some shit like that. And Larry King said, that's stupid. So it's okay. Is it okay for you to die and not me? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like the people that are saying we got to open it up. It's like, yeah, they're saying that because I mean, we want to talk about privilege. Like, yeah, <laughs> privilege is knowing that you have a small chance of dying, even though you know that a large portion of the population has a very high chance of dying or not a large yes. portion, but a lot of people. A lot of people, yeah. Because 2% of the population is a large number. That's what I would say, a large number. It is a large number of people, exactly. <laughs> and then people, like, when I brought up in the past that, like, like uh, people would be like, only this tiny percent of people have died of COVID. And I'm like, yeah. Or I'll bring up, like, uh, this was, like, uh, about a year ago. And I'd bring up, like, yeah, 100,000 people in the U.S. have died of COVID. And people would be like, yeah, but that's only this percent. I'm like, yeah, but it's also 100,000 people. So maybe we should be scared of this. Like what, what? And the other thing that it, uh, definitely got downplayed is um, I'm friends with this woman named uh, Emily King and she got COVID uh, last year and oh, no. she's still dealing with the side effects of it. She's, she's lived, but it's like, 
for some reason, it, like the conversation begins and ends with, did you live or did you die? But it's like, she's still dealing with shit. Like her, her, her lung capacity is nowhere near where it used to be. That's and horrible. she, yeah, she like occasionally blacks out and shit. Like it, it, it's long-term issues. There are some people who still don't have smell. Like they oh, just man. lost their sense. Oh my God. Well, I'm sorry she had to go through that. I'm glad that she, is she doing any better? Oh yeah. She, I mean, yeah, she's doing better, but it's, that's a shame. She's still experiencing a lot of the effects from it. It's, um, I mean, it's a, it's definitely not something that you should comfortably say 3% of the population is going to die and that's okay. Or 3% of this group is going to die and that's okay. Like you got to fuck off with that energy, man. Well, I think it wasn't that 3% was going to die. Oh, wait. 3% uh, of school children would die, and, uh, but I don't think... I thought I, he was think... saying... Oh, he was saying that it would be a 2 to 3% increase in mortality. So the idea is that, like, let's My say 100,000 people You're had right. died. He's probably saying that maybe 2,000 more would die. Yeah. So it's not 2 to 3% of children overall. So the number is not... But it's still it's still very dismissive of parents' concerns about their children. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, oh, it says right here, too. It pains me immensely to defend him, but I do not believe he was saying 2 to 3% of school children would die. I believe he was referring to a relative increase in overall mortality. Yeah, that's what I was saying, too. Yeah, but that's not defending him. That's just putting it in perspective. And he said just, it's still wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's still wrong, dude, because even if you're like, oh, only a couple thousand kids will die, like, that's not going to make parents feel any better at all, as it shouldn't, because that's scary. Um... So apparently he's since walked back from those comments, but still, that's a shitty thing to say. I don't like that writing either, as much as it pains me to defend him. You don't you don't have to include that. You just got to say this is what he probably meant. You don't, you don't got to say it pains me to defend him. That's true, because you're not really defending him. You're just Who published this article? The Daily Beast. I don't think they're a credible journalist source. Yeah, they, I mean, they're... You, you, you go to them and you know what you're getting. They're, they're another heavily skewed news source. Um, as most are. So Dr. Phil went on Laura Ingram's show. He questioned the need for extreme social distancing. Oh, I remember when he did this too. So what Dr. Phil says that we don't shut down the country to prevent deaths related to cigarettes, drowning, or car accidents and question why we should do so in this case. Like Dr. Phil is because those things aren't contagious. You, you When someone crashes their car it's not going to cause other people like it'll cause a crash with the other car, but it's not going to like, you don't catch crashing a car by breathing in someone's direction It's because this thing can be caught by everyday activities, which is pretty obvious. But, well, yeah, you can, you can also ask someone to stop smoking. You can't ask them to stop breathing and you can avoid streets. So it says, apparently, even with a doctorate, one can somehow not realize that different problems sometimes require different solutions. Seatbelts don't prevent cancer, and a healthy diet won't protect you from HIV, yet I hope we can agree they're still good ideas. Yeah, it depends on the doctor. I'm sure there are some doctors out there that are convinced that eating a certain fruit protects you from HIV. Yeah, probably. And you know uh, what? They might have zero patients with HIV, and they're going to say, look at this correlation. Since I, since I prescribed this fruit, no one has gotten HIV. That's true. Yeah, that's dude. Some doctors would see would do that. Some doctors would do that. Doctor Stone would. Doctor Stone. Oh, dude, when we're Doctor Stone, we have to make the most outrageous medical claims. We gotta. We gotta start. We gotta come up with uh, all kinds of weird shit. Doctor Stone believes that smoking weed cures everything. Okay, but drowning is a contagious disease. 
Okay. I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> I was like, I think you're setting up for a joke here, but I know you're not going to finish it. Um, so this is basically over here saying that uh, like, one of those Oprah days where no matter what I do, I can't wake up. <laughs> so this is actually an interesting like discussion, which is, is Oprah responsible in any way for this? Because I, I don't necessarily think she is like, yes. Did she help these guys get famous in the first place? She did, but well, for one thing, she already revoked Dr. Oz's radio show from the shitty things he was doing. But is is it her responsibility or her fault at all when these guys then go on to say shitty things? Is that Oprah's fault at all just because she originally helped their career? I don't think it is because she didn't give them, she didn't condone these things. They got a career and went on to do these things. And I don't think that it's reasonable to think she should have known that this was going to happen unless there were a bunch of warning signs that she was choosing to ignore, which we have no way of knowing. Um but I don't know. What, what does everyone think about this topic? I don't think it's the host's fault. I mean, I don't. Like, it depends on what her responsibility is. If her responsibility is, is integrity, if her responsibility is actual medical advice, then yeah, it's her fault. If her, if her responsibility is creating an entertaining show, it's not her fault. She, she, did, what, she did what she owed her viewers. Right. And like these, when Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz were saying these things, they were doing it outside of any influence with Oprah at this point. But a lot of people were blaming her as in like, oh, you made them famous in the first place. It's like you created the monster kind of thing. Yeah, it's but the platforming argument, which I don't like. Which I, mean, I think is kind of dumb, right? I don't I don't agree with that. It's like, yeah, she helped launch their career, but we have no evidence that she knew they were going to go down this path. Maybe she did. And maybe if that comes out later, we can criticize her for that. But like, it's the same thing where it's like, if I have a guest on, if we have a guest on our show, like the and red they, pill guys or and they gain subscribers and then Which they, they go on. well yeah the red pill is a bad example i think because we didn't really platform them like we platformed them in the sense that they came on our show but they already had an audience there we have an audience one percent of their audience's size they have a hundred thousand subscribers and right but didn't you get a comment from someone saying why are you platforming these guys yeah which is well, I don't, I don't, I mean, I'm, I'll reflect on that comment, but I don't think what I did was platforming. Although I could be wrong. I don't, maybe it's, I don't it's, it's not, not I agree with you. You're, you're yeah. a quarter of the size of, of the big guy. Even my main channel is a quarter of their size. Right. So I feel like if anything, they platformed me by bringing their audience, which is larger in, and bringing me into their direction. So I didn't feel like, but I think a, a, an example would be like, I guess if we brought a smaller creator on our show who was just starting out and helped them gain subscribers from that, and then they went on to do some shitty things like that, would we be responsible for having, and I don't think so, because I think- If we knew they were shitty and we asked them about what it's like being shitty and why do you like being shitty, and then people, like, I, I could see the responsibility, but if we didn't know, I mean, we didn't Yeah, know. it looks like the audience has mixed feelings, so I'll pull some up. I'll pull up some thoughts on this. Marie says, I don't think they were as openly problematic until they had their own platforms. And I agree. That's why I think that Oprah is not really responsible for this because I think when they came on her show, they just kind of focused on their topic. And, and then when they had their own platforms, that's when they kind of did the fame hungry thing. Um, I mean, Oprah so, fired him when he started do, giving shitty advice. Yeah. Which I, I respect her for. I think that's a respectable thing to do. Um, is this Gr Grisel? I don't know how to say your name. Grisel. 
Oprah legitimized them to a certain degree and gave them a platform. People flocked to Oprah's Rex. So yeah, that's also a thing. What's like Oprah does to an extent, like does Oprah, because Oprah should know that her recommendations go such a long way for people that once she, she uh, endorses someone, everybody's going to trust them because a lot of people trust her recommendations. Was that doing a disservice to her fans by recommending someone that ended up being bad? Should she apologize for that? I don't know. I don't know, but I don't know if it's, that's, that's, uh, I, I'm not sure. I think this, I think this topic is uh, more philosophical than concrete. No, this is not philosophical. I want to see Paige do this. Yeah. I, 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 I want to see Paige go early twenties. Yeah. yeah. A 22 year old Paige is going to be wild, dude. I, 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 I want to see like behind the scenes Paige or, or like Paige in real life. What, what, what were like, I, I want to see Paige in the, in the tabloids. So Molly says, I think she'd be more responsible if they said this before she hired them, right? Which we haven't, back when she first hired them, like publicly, I don't think they had a reputation for being this way. D did she know in private that they were this way? We will never know, I don't think. So I'm I'm not sure it makes sense to publicly blame Oprah for this. And Bad Astro says, giving people a platform is very bad. I think that depends, sometimes, again, I think it depends on the person because that goes down to, I might even do a video at some point on what does it mean to platform? Although maybe I won't because it doesn't spark joy. Um, because platforming someone is like legitimizing them too, isn't it? It's not, it's not just like if you bring right. someone on and you challenge their every point well. because I guess that depends what does platforming mean to people. And if I do a video on platforming, I will do it while playing like Mario or something. I'll do it like while playing a platformer in the background. I'll make it a little let's play. It'll be fun. I'll be like, look at me platforming over here. Um, but yeah, I guess that depends. What does platforming mean to people? Because if you bring someone on your channel and challenge their viewpoint, is that still platforming versus like, if I talk, like, to an extent, I think that you could even take that argument so far as to say that just talking about someone, even without bringing them on, even talking about them, you got the Streisand effect and stuff like that. The more you talk about someone, even if it's critical, the more people think about them. So did I platform Rachel Hollis by making so many vid videos that were critical of her? Like potentially someone could make that argument. I don't think I did. And I think if I had her on my channel and challenged her, I don't think I would be platforming her either. Not in the sense that platforming, if people are using the term platform to, to mean you are allowing someone an additional platform to grow their ideas. But it depends what people mean by that, because you could also say then that every single every single media outlet platform Donald Trump into being president. But we oh, that was infinitely more morning Joe than anything. We could say every single one of us platformed Donald Trump into being president because we all talked about him and many of us talked about him publicly, even if it was to be critical. So we could say that too. Like, is where does it stop? I think that this argument just becomes such a, it, it can but go. Weren't we all far. talking about him like in a specific circumstance? So wouldn't that event be the platform that we're all now reflecting on? And I guess you can make the argument that we're a smaller platform. I don't fucking know. It doesn't matter. I don't know either. That's why I think this is a, I think this is an interesting topic. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll make a video on this and I'll, I'll try to, yesterday I watched philosophy tubes video about social constructs and it was so fucking good. I think size I matters. Size matters. The comparative size of your platform matters. I do agree with this. I think this matters a lot. So like, if we were like, let's say we found a red pill channel that had two subscribers and brought them on, then we would have been helping them find a new audience. We brought on a channel that was huge and already had a huge influence and we brought them on to challenge them. 
So I think that that I, I don't know. Maybe that was a bad thing to do. I still don't know. I'm, I'm just going to be torn on this forever. Um, I didn't think it was a bad thing to do. It was an interesting conversation. I wouldn't do it again. Um, Doesn't spark joy. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly it. Like I, I wouldn't do it again, but yeah. I don't regret it either. Um. Yeah, 2016 was the year that Oprah revoked Dr. Oz's show, I believe, or maybe it might have been 20 something. I don't remember. I don't remember the year now, but it was in the. It was. Was it, it when was, he said "f those kids"? I think it was before that. <laughs> no, it just was because. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was 2016. It was yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think this ag agrees. Uh, I agree with Amanda here. It only applies when the platformer has a bigger audience than their per person they're talking to or about. I think that's true, too. Yeah, because I think that we sh we all should be able to talk to and about larger problematic creators than us, because that's a way to be able to engage with uh, things critically. But if you're platforming someone smaller than you, I think it's diff I think it's much different. It's like people talk about the punch up versus punch down thing. Like I wouldn't make fun of someone who's a smaller creator than me publicly because that's mean. I would I would criticize a bigger creator than me publicly because they have more public support as well. So I think but whether that's morally okay or not is a gray area. You know, morality is relative. That's but that's kind of well. Let's not forget they punched with it. They punched down on Emma. You punched up on them. They oh, came on true. here. Yeah, with and we're punches. talking about specifically the red pillars. Yeah, they I yeah. mean they found Emma, whose channel is about my channel size. And yeah, made a video and sent and her, their audience went to harass her. So I made a video responding back to them. Yeah. So I think I think it really depends. It depends on a variety of factors. Overall, in the past, I've thought that platforming isn't that bad of a thing to do. But I think it really depends on the situation and all the factors going into it. But um, it's still yeah, not a problem that's keeping me up at night. With Bad Astra saying, we didn't platform them because we didn't give them a bigger audience or more perceived credibility. Yeah, I don't think um, maybe someone thinks we did, and I would be open to that criticism if so. But I, I, I that's the way I saw it at the time. That was my thought process, at least. Um, Okay, I will make fun of Bad Astra publicly. I'm a tiny channel and it can only benefit. I love being roasted. Bad Astra's channel is great, by the way. I can't make fun of it. Your videos are too good. I'll make fun of it. I am not fast, says part of Oprah's brand was recommendations and she had them on a lot. Could have vetted better and renounced when problems came up. And that's a good point, too, is that like, to, like Oprah's, Oprah does know that people take her recommendations more than anything else. That when she recommends something, people automatically trust it. So at that point, it's like, okay, now I have a responsibility to make th sure the thing I'm recommending isn't going to hurt people. And that's tough. Like, as I, like, I'm just reflecting on, like, where I am with, like, my main channel growing. And I'm at this point where I, I want to be responsible always and I want to do right by my audience. So I'm at this point suddenly where I st I'm questioning everything I do more because I'm like in the past I just said whatever I wanted and threw it out there into the void but now that I have like people who trust what I say or trust like I gotta make sure I'm doing the best I can on everything and if I mess something up I start to get really scared and feel bad so is that why you stopped drinking is that why I stopped drinking no I still drink um I drink less I drink don't drink on the weekdays and um but also it's what's gotten me more into lifting if I want to be honest um there's been a lot of, guys there's been a lot of youtube shit going down and 
I've seen people talk about me more than I have ever in the past, and I want to take everyone's criticisms. They're all me from public They're all accounts. you. Well, I want to, it's not that I have like a ton of people being critical of me. That's, I don't mean to portray it that way. Um, but I want to take everyone's various opinions into account, and I want to try to do the best work I can for the audience I have to make people, to provide benefit to people's lives. And so I just start getting really stressed. And then Tyler starts being like, Savvy, you are at being terminally online right now. You need to get off of the internet for like half a minute. So then I will go to the gym and get all of my aggression and stress out by lifting. And that's actually been really helpful. So I'm like, I guess if more, the, maybe this is why big YouTubers are always in such good shape. <laughs> because they have, they have to lift to deal with all the stress. That's not even remotely close to true. You think Keemstar and H3H3 are in great shape? No, not them. They're the exception, I think. And, and I also feel like a lot of Twitch streamers are in really bad shape because they're streaming eight hours a day, nonstop. I think a lot of female Twitch streamers are in really good shape. Okay, so this is going to be an interesting conversation because now we're entering the realm of Okay, which female Twitch streamers are you talking about? Because there are female Twitch streamers on there that are in great shape because they also are fully aware that their body draws in a large audience. I mean, I don't use Twitch that much, so I'm not I'm not a good uh, source for this. I don't uh, use it much either. I mean, I get my information from an online drama channel, so I'm not a good source for this because they definitely Oh, thank you, Badass for having being responsible now that she has a platform. Oh my God, that's wild. I hope you still get to be chaotic and private. Oh, I'm I'm super chaotic in private. That's not I true. Don't lie. You're, like, you're, you're the opposite. In private, I'm just... No, dude. No, you're dude. as organized as they come in private. I text you the wildest shit sometimes. I'll that's be like, true. RK, I had this really tuxedos. stupid idea. I'll text him and be like, RK, I want to start an OnlyFans. Should I start an OnlyFans? Hey, RK, you posted I on your Patreon. You must have on your YouTube community tab. What are you talking I did. about? Well, and then <laughs> I ended up deleting it because I realized that most people, like, I I, I don't think starting, I, every once in a while, I think I should start at OnlyFans because I'm like, I should profit from these boobs while I still have them and then use the money to pay to get them removed. I feel like that would be some poetic justice, but I also you'll get too always worried about it. I'll always have feet. <laughs> Hopefully, you'll probably always have feet. Like... Oh my God. I don't know uh, what your future has in store, but I think there's a good chance you keep at least one foot your entire life. Okay. Uh, Bad Astra. I, um, okay. Are we just, is this just a like um, philosophical trans women of YouTube appreciation post right now? Um, uh, yes. Jesse gender. I love her. Natalie from ContraPoints is literally like my queen. She is like my Oh, is Natalie Wynn? Is is that ContraPoints? That's ContraPoints and Abigail Thorne is Philosophy Tube. Nice. Dude, I love I love those women so much. They're like they're my icons on YouTube. Like when I watch them, I'm like, "Uh, you are who I want to be one day." I like didn't just, know they had names. I thought they were just Philosophy Tube and ContraPoints. <laughs> it's me simping, yes. <laughs> Badass, I'm coming over and bringing Sweet Baby Rays for your OnlyFans debut. Maria, is that what I'm going to do on OnlyFans? Is just eat Sweet Baby Rays buffalo sauce? <laughs> I'm sure... I'm sure there's a community. Yeah, I deleted the community poll because after a while, I'm like, I got what I needed from this. I don't want it to stay up there. And because some people thought that I meant that I was going to start OnlyFans as a joke. And I was like, no, I was going to plan to put nudes on it. Like, I was going to use it the way people intended. That's why I'm worried. 
<laughs> as gosh intended. <laughs> oh man. I'm sure there's a community out there that wants to see naked women eat nachos. Yeah, I could do that. I could I could I could get naked and eat nachos. Get naked and eat <laughs> I, I could do my Saturday night on camera. I just thought that I could I could uh I could just really do well in the big titty tomboy GF niche on OnlyFans. I don't know if that's like a specific niche, but I've heard from a lot of people that that is like a thing that people are really into. And I was like, I've got that for days. Um, so maybe I should make money off of it. But then I was like, as a lot of people pointed out in the comments too, like while my audience is very sex positive and sex work positive, the world at large still really isn't. And because I am running a, a picture book and plushy company, it, it really could hurt. That's the one thing that's been holding me back from it is will it hurt my company's image? Even though I wouldn't, I, I have a separate name for my business, you know, and it's like separate from, but still like what? Yeah. I don't know. It's, it could still, I don't know. So that's why I think I'm probably not going to do it. I don't know. I don't know. I would need a pseudonym, but I wouldn't also, I also wouldn't want to intentionally have to hide that it's me. Like I could use a pseudonym. Sure. But I wouldn't want to have to put in effort to making it clear to, to like hiding that. I wouldn't want to have to like put makeup over all my tattoos and like make sure my face is never showing and things like, like I would not have to go to that level of, it, of hiding, but I would not try to advertise it as the same brand or anything obviously i mean it would it would get in the way yeah exactly it would hurt the brand so that's probably why i'm not going to do it because i don't want to hurt the brand even if it didn't hurt the brand it would just be another project for you to do which would take energy away from other things that you're doing which is true yeah so i think i'm not going to do it every once in a while i think about doing it and i get excited because i'm like oh this could be so funny if i made money off of my boobs to raise money to get rid of them like that would be because well, like so poetic. I, I know OnlyFans has like, I know there are women on OnlyFans that make a lot of money, but let's not forget you're competing with free porn. That's true. That is so true. you like, you're going to have to market that. And it's going to be a bit of a job to grow that audience. Yeah, that's a good point. And even if your audience is sex worker positive, they're not going to necessarily subscribe to your OnlyFans. They just won't judge you for it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I think I'm not going to do it. I don't think it would be a good business move, but I appreciate y'all talking it out with me. It's, it's what we're all here for together. Now, if you really want to fuck up the world, what you should do is you should make an OnlyFans and promote it only to the Red Pill audience. So that way you're taking all of their money. That's, oh, that's such a good idea. That's such a good And then they idea. can't buy Rolo's next book because they spent it all on your boobs. Yeah, I mean, mo a lot of their audience was leaving comments that were like, I came here for the boobs. I stayed here for Rolo's brilliant commentary, but I came for the boobs. Yeah, it would, it would be really funny if you turned his audience of red pill alphas into simps. That would be hilarious. That would be fucking like, all hilarious. All these things are so hilarious in my mind, but I'm like, in real life, maybe I shouldn't do them. In the past, so Bad Astra knew me in college, and she knows that if I ever thought of in college, whenever I thought this thing would be funny in my mind, there was no, there was no discussion like this where I spent time being like, but here might be the consequence. Like if something was funny in my mind, I was like, I'm doing it right now. Like I didn't even think. So I think this shows some maturity and growth, hopefully. <laughs> um, so Wait, what about my point? 
I think I think she means that it's a good point. Oh, good. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you, Bad Astra. You yeah. you deserve to be roasted for that comment. Supporting, <laughs> and I mean that as a compliment because you said you love roast getting roasted. Um. Yeah. I'm gonna, so I'm going to call you Peanut because you're roasted. You know Sorry. what? I'm going to go on. I'm on our subreddit. I want to continue our discussion about platforming and what it means for things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Bad Astra, who knew me back in the day, my impulse control is way better now. Absolutely. I had no impulse control back in the day at all. Um, I was, I was weird. Um, Thanks peanut. Uh, so I'm going to go on Reddit. I want us to continue our discussion about platforming and what it means and when it's good and when it's bad and the nuances of it and how different sizes of different channels and things like that factor into it, because I think there's a lot to consider. And I think that a lot of times people take an extreme position on it one way or the other, right? Like a lot of times we see on the internet people saying platforming of all types is all good. Deplatforming is all bad. Free speech on the internet for everybody all day long. And then you see another side of people who are like, don't ever platform anyone problematic ever. If you ever put them on your channel ever, you are now complicit in every bad thing they ever did, which I think is also stupid. Because just because you interview someone doesn't mean you are them. If that were true, I would be in the Dave Matthews band by now. So a lot of things are just like, it's not as black and white as that. Um, I don't know. So I came here for the boobs. Yeah, they did. They did. Uh, they said came here for the tits or the tots. They didn't say boobs. One guy said the tots. One guy, one guy said that he came from my tank top, which uh, I'm pretty sure meant the boobs. Because that's all that was visible from the. Maybe he only likes. At. Maybe he he likes clothing. I don't know. Or maybe he's really into uh, cheap gray tank tops from Target. Yeah. Look, all I know is, I think no one should be platformed because we all are not nearly as interesting as we think we are. So we should all instead of tweet, we should journal. Instead of live stream, we should talk to a tree. That's uh, some good wisdom. Some good. No, wisdom. it's just right. It's not wisdom. Came for the Rachel Hollis tea and stayed because y'all are cool people. Oh, thank you. I love when people talk on my channel where they're like, I came for the anti-MLM videos and I stayed for the writing videos. And I'm like, yes, yes. Because a lot of people don't stay for the writing videos, which is fine. It's not everyone's thing, but like, it's nice when people do. I think it's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna put, put a post in our subreddit. Again, if you guys, I need to log back into Reddit. If any of you guys are not subscribed to the subreddit, it is this right here because I, I'm going to head out to walk Chewy now, but I want us to continue the discussion because I think this is a really good discussion we're having. So head over to that subreddit right there. It looks like don't, this. Don't Go forget to, your, to hit the dislike button on the stream, y'all. For the engagement go to the your morning guru subreddit right there looks see like if we can get 69 oh that's the professor the professor oh here we've got um this is rk's vision board right here i gotta post my vision board so basically uh this is a place to continue talking about everything that we talk about on our show and to post our you can post your art you can post your vision board you can post your thoughts about everything you can post your um, OnlyFans. you can post yeah post whatever you want this is a pretty open community so um, I'll probably post a discussion topic today to continue our talk about platforming because I'm very interested in continuing that. Thank Actually, I'm going to take that back. Don't post your OnlyFans. I don't want solicitation on our on our subreddit. Yeah, don't don't don't, don't, don't post your books. Don't push your OnlyFans. If you have to buy it, don't post it. Yeah, don't post anything that we have to pay for. Um, 
Thank you all so much for being yeah, here. Only free porn, no only free <laughs> <laughs> Kidding, um, don't post porn. We will do uh, giveaways on Friday, so stay tuned for that. We'll probably have the giveaway, like last time when we did giveaways, we'll probably have people enter it by commenting in the subreddit, so make sure you're subscribed to the Reddit, uh, because we'll be doing giveaways on Friday. I think Friday will also celebrate that we've hit 100 episodes. We actually hit 100 episodes last Friday, but we had too much other stuff to talk about. So this Friday, we will do our, our Oprah giveaways and go, you get a book, and you get a book, and you get Rebecca a book. Rebecca Black style. We'll do that, yes, and we will also celebrate that we've hit 100 episodes with that and uh tomorrow we will talk about oprah's book club and all the messes that have gone along with that wait so, i have a goal yeah i want us to have rebecca black on our show at one point that would be awesome that's a goal see how can we get her on our show she's like thriving now and i want her to collaborate with gail oh that'd be because so gail cool. deserves it gail's awesome i need to edit gail wrote us a theme song i need to edit it i want i'm hoping our theme song is up by next week don't let me forget to video edit this week Anyway, y'all, thank you so much for being here. I will see you guys tomorrow morning at the same time. Don't forget to support small businesses. And, and if you get an page, email, feel free to post your coloring pages in the in the subreddit if you like. Um, bye, don't everyone. fall for emails from Nigerian princes.